0: Letters 59 and 60 of The Sylph. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Céline Major The Sylph by Georgiana Cavendish, Duchess of Devonshire. Letter 59. To Lady Brudenell, Stanley Park yes my dear maria you shall be made acquainted with the extraordinary change in your friend you had all the mournful particulars of my past life before you i was convinced of your worth nor could refuse you my confidence but what is all this i cannot spend my time my precious time in prefacing the scenes which now surround me you know how depressed my mind was with sorrow at the earnestness with which my father and sister espoused the cause of mr woodley i was ready to sink under the dejection their perseverance occasioned aggravated too by my tender long-cherished attachment to the unfortunate baron this is the first time my pen has traced that word i was sitting yesterday morning in an alcove in the garden ruminating on the various scenes which i had experienced and giving myself up to the most melancholy presages when i perceived a paper fall at my feet I apprehended it had dropped from my pocket in taking out my handkerchief, which a trickling tear had just before demanded. I stooped to pick it up, and to my surprise found it sealed and addressed to myself. I hastily broke it open, and my wonder increased when I read these words. "'I have been witness to the perturbation of your mind. How will you atone to yourself for not availing yourself of the privilege of making application to him in an emergency?' if you have lost your confidence in him he is the most wretched of beings he flatters himself he may be instrumental to your future felicity if you are inclined to be indebted to him for any share of it you may have the opportunity of seeing him in five minutes arm yourself with resolution most lovely most adored of women for he will appear under a semblance not expected by you you will see in him the most faithful and constant of human beings i was seized with such a trepidation that i could hardly support myself but summoning all the strength of mind i could assume i said aloud though in a tremulous voice let me view my amiable sylph but oh what became of me when at my feet i beheld the most wished for the most dreaded Tonhausen? i clasped my hands together and shrieked with the most frantic air falling back half insensible on the seat "'Curse on my precipitance!' he cried, throwing his arms round me. "'My angel, my Julia, look on the most forlorn of his sex unless you pity me.' "'Pity you!' I exclaimed with a faint accent. "'Oh, from whence and how came you here?' "'Did not my Julia expect me?' he asked in the softest voice and sweetest manner. "'I expect you. How should I? "'Alas! What intimation could I have of your arrival?' From this, he replied, taking up the billet written by the Sylph. What do you mean? For heaven's sake, rise and unravel this mystery. My brain will burst with the torture of suspense. If the loveliest of women will pardon the stratagems I have practiced on her unsuspecting mind, I will rise, and rise the happiest of mortals. Yes, my beloved Julia, I am that invisible guide that has so often led you through the wilds of life i am that blissful being whom you suppose something supernatural it is impossible i cried interrupting him it cannot be will not my julia recollect this poor pledge of her former confidence drawing from a riband a locket of hair i had once sent to the sylph is this to me inestimable gift no longer acknowledged by you this dear part of yourself whose enchantment gave to my wounded soul all the nourishment she drew "'which supported me when exiled from all that the world had worth living for. "'Have you forgot the vows of lasting fidelity "'with which the value of the present was enhanced? "'Oh, sure you have not. "'And yet you are silent. "'May I not have one word, one look?' "'Alas!' cried I, hiding my face from his glances. "'What can I say? What can I do? "'Oh, too well I remember all.' The consciousness that every secret of my heart has been laid bare to your inspection covers me with the deepest confusion. Bear witness for me, cried he, that I never made an ill use of that knowledge. Have I ever presumed upon it? Could you ever discover, by the arrogance of Tonhausen's conduct, that he had been the happy confidant of your retired sentiments? Believe me, Lady Stanley, that man will ever admire you most who knows most your worth, and oh! who knows it more who adores it more than i still said i i cannot compose my scattered senses all appears a dream but trust me i dote on the illusion i would not be undeceived if i am in an error i would fain persuade myself that but one man on earth is acquainted with the softness i will not call it weakness of my soul and he the only man who could inspire that softness oh be persuaded most angelic of women said he pressing my hand to his lips be persuaded of the truth of my assertion that the sylph and i are one you know how you were circumstanced yes i was married before i had the happiness of being seen by you no you was not not married before i was seen by you most surely not years years before that event i knew and knowing loved you loved you with all the fondness of man while my age was that of a boy has julia quite forgot her juvenile companions is the time worn from her memory when harry Woodley used to weave the fancied garland for her protect me heaven cried i sure i am in the land of shadows no cried he clasping me in his arms and smiling at my apostrophe you shall find substance and substantial joys too here thou proteus said i withdrawing myself from his embrace what do you mean by thus shifting characters and each so potent to gain my charming nymph he answered but why should we thus waste our time let me lead you to your father my father is my father here yes he brought me hither perhaps as woodley an unwelcome visitant but will you have the cruelty to reject him added he looking slyly don't presume too much i returned with a smile you have convinced me you are capable of great artifice but i shall insist on your explaining your whole plan of operations as an atonement for your double nay treble dealing for i think you are three in one But I am impatient to behold my father, whom, the moment before I saw you, I was accusing of cruelty, in seeking to urge me in the favour of one I was determined never to see. But now you have seen him. It was all your sister required of you, you know. Will you be inexorable to his vows? I am determined to be guided by myself, cried I, in this momentous instance. That was my resolution, and still shall remain the same suppose thy sylph had recommended you to bestow your hand on woodley what would have become of poor Tonhausen? my confidence in the sylph was established on the conviction of his being my safest guide as such he would never have urged me to bestow my hand where my heart was refractory but admitting the possibility of the sylph's pursuing such a measure a negative voice would have been allowed me and no power human or divine should have constrained that voice to breathe out a vow of fidelity to any other than him to whom the secrets of my heart have been so long known by this time we had nearly reached the house from whence my father sprung with the utmost alacrity to meet me as he pressed me to his venerable bosom can my julia refuse the request of her father to receive as the best pledge of his affection this valuable present and will she forgive the innocent trial we made of her fidelity to the most amiable of men? Ah, I know not what to say, cried I. Here has been sad management amongst you. But I shall soon forget the heartaches I have experienced, if they have removed from this gentleman any suspicions that I did not regard him for himself alone. He has, I think, adopted the character of Priors Henry and i hope he is convinced that the faithful emma is not a fiction of the poet's brain i know not i continued by what name to call him call me yours cried he and that will be the highest title i shall ever aspire to but you shall know all as indeed you have a right to do your sister and soon i hope mine related to you the attachment which i had formed for you in my tenderest years which like the incision on the infant bark grew with my growth and strengthened with my strength she likewise told you but oh how faint how inadequate to my feelings the extreme anguish that seized me when i found you was married distraction surrounded me i cannot give words to my grief and despair i fled from a place which had lost its only attractive power in the first paroxysm of affliction i knew not what resolutions i formed i wrote to spencer not to give rest or ease to my overburdened heart for that alas could receive no diminution nor to complain for surely i could not complain of you my form was not imprinted on your mind though yours had worn itself so deep a trace in mine spencer opposed my resolution of returning to germany where i had formed some connections only friendly ones my julia but as such infinitely tender he it was that urged me to take the name of tonhausen as that title belonged to an estate which devolved to me from the death of one of the most valuable men in the world who had sunk into his grave as the only asylum from a combination of woes as some years had elapsed in which i had increased in bulk and stature joined to my having had the small-pox since i had been seen by you he thought it more than probable you would not recollect my person i hardly know what i proposed to myself from closing with him in this scheme only that i take heaven to witness i never meant to injure you and i hope the whole tenor of my conduct has convinced you how sincere i was in that profession from the great irregularity of your late husband's life i had a presentiment that you would at one time or other be free from your engagements i revered you as one to whom i hoped to be united if not in this world i might be a kindred angel with you in the next your virtuous soul could not find its congenial friend in the riot and confusion in which you lived i dared not trust myself to offer to become your guide i knew the extreme hazard i should run and that with all the innocent intentions in the world we might both be undone by our passions before reason could come to our assistance i soon saw i had the happiness to be distinguished by you and that distinction while it raised my admiration of you excited in me the desire of rendering myself still more worthy of your esteem but even that esteem i refused myself the dear privilege of soliciting for i acted with the utmost caution and if under the character of the sylph i dived into the recesses of your soul and drew from thence the secret attachment you professed for the happy baron it was not so much to gratify the vanity of my heart as to put you on your guard lest some of the invidious wretches about you should propagate any reports to your prejudice and dear as the sacrifice cost me i tore myself from your loved presence on a sarcasm which lady anne parker threw out concerning us i withdrew some miles from london and left spencer there to apprise me of any change in your circumstances i gave you to understand i had quitted the kingdom but that was a severity i could not impose upon myself however i constrained myself to take a resolution of never again appearing in your presence till i should have the liberty of indulging my passion without restraint nine parts of ten in the world may condemn my procedure as altogether romantic i believe few will find it imitable but i have nice feelings and i could act no other than i did i could not you see bear to be the rival of myself that i have proved under both the characters i assumed but had i found you had forgotten Tonhausen woodley would have been deprived of one of the most delicate pleasures a refined taste can experience and now all that remains is to entreat the forgiveness of my amiable julia for these pious frauds and to reassure her she shall if the heart of man is not deceitful above all things never repent the confidence she placed in her faithful sylph the affection she honoured the happy Tonhausen with nor the esteem notwithstanding his obstinate perseverance which she charitably bestowed on that unfortunate knight-errant harry woodley heaven send i never may said i but really i shall be half afraid to venture the remainder of my life with such a variable being however my father undertakes to answer for him in future i assure you my dear maria you are much indebted to me for this recital for i have borrowed the time out of the night as the whole day has been taken up in a manner you may more easily guess than i can describe say everything that is civil to sir george on my part as you are conscious i have no time to bestow on any other men than those by whom i am surrounded i expect my sister and her swain to-morrow adieu i am yours ever julia stanley letter sixty to lady brudenell you would hardly know your old acquaintance again he is so totally altered you remember his pensive air and gentle unassuming manner which seemed to bespeak the protection of every one instead of all this he is so alert so brisk and has such a saucy assurance in his whole deportment as really amazes and i freely own delights me as i am happily convinced that it is owing to myself that he is thus different from what he was let him be what he will he will ever be dear to me i wanted him to relate to me all the particulars of his friend frederick the late baron's misfortunes he says the recital would fill a volume but that i shall peruse some papers on the subject some time or other when we are tired of being cheerful but that now we have better employment i therefore submit for the present I admire my sister's choice very much. He is an agreeable man, and extremely lively-much more so, naturally, notwithstanding the air some folks give themselves-than my Proteus. Louisa, too, is quite alive. Mr. Stanley has forgot the gout. And my father is ready to dance at the wedding of his eldest daughter, which I suppose will take place soon. Pray, how do you go on? Are you near your accouchement? Or dare you venture to travel as far as Stanley Park? For my uncle will not part with any of us yet. Ah, I can write no longer; they threaten to snatch the pen from my hand. That I may prevent such a solecism in politeness, I will conclude by assuring you of my tenderest wishes.-Adieu, Julia Stanley. End of Letters fifty nine and sixty.